And I think it's ironic that the very weekend, or the very week that Darren goes on vacation, I get to stand up here. You know, turnabout's fair play. I can get even with that. No, and all jokes aside, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and be a part of this family. When Darren texted me about two weeks ago, he said, uh, hey, would you speak on the 22nd of August? Today's the 23rd. (laughs) And my text was, nope, I'm not qualified, but thanks for thinking of me. Do you know how hard God can work on you? (laughs) For about 24 hours, I wasn't sure. I got to thinking and... There's one person in this room, Joe Cummins, probably knows me better than anybody, and I shared this with him and Joe Fain the other day. I can get up and talk about fishing and hunting. I can talk about turkey hunting. I can talk about all kinds of things, but he asked me to talk about God, and I said no. So that's how I got here, and I'm going to do the best that I can. Lots of prayers in the past few days. Susan's doing better. We're just blessed and blessed by your thoughts, your cards, your prayers. Can't, can't even begin to tell you how much we appreciate it. Keep praying. Long way to go. Still having some issues, still having some discernment issues, still having some things that we need to work through, but just pray for Susan because I appreciate it. Kind of hard when you think you lose your best friend. So keep praying for it. Would you join with me in prayer, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for all you've given us. I thank you for the blessing of being standing in this place at this time. I thank you, God, for all you've given me. I thank you for each of these people in this, in this church. I thank you for giving me the ability to stand up here and talk about you and with you. I ask you to be with me. I ask you to be with each of us and help us to take something away. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Throughout my life, I've prayed for lots of things. I've prayed for everything that you can imagine, both selfish and unselfish. I've prayed for courage. I've prayed for salvation. Prayed for health. Prayed for healing. Prayed for God's blessing on things he probably didn't want any part of. Uh, some of the folks here have been to law enforcement, some have been in the military. You understand praying for courage because sometimes you just don't know what to do. Sometimes you just take a run and go. And being an old tanker, I rode around in M1s and M60A3s, and I learned pretty quick if you go fast enough and you rev the engine loud enough, you can run about over about anything. So that's the way we're going to approach this tonight. I'm going to, going to put the pedal down. We're going to figure out a way through. But... Uh, All of us have prayed for a number of things in our life. But one of the things that's always nagged at me is how do I pray? Am I doing it the right way? Do I know what I'm doing? You know, I've got a bad habit of just throwing it all out there and see what happens. But uh, through my study and my devotions that I do every day with my daughter, I really wanted to dig in on how to pray. If you look with me at Matthew 6, 5 through 13. I'll get my glasses on so I don't mess it up. Matthew 6, 5 through 13. 
But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think it is, they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you need of before you ask. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do we always pray the Lord's Prayer? No. No, I don't. But I think Jesus was, I don't think, I know Jesus will show his disciples how to pray. And I figured somewhere in this book, I'd figure it out too. So I took off. How do we pray effectively? How do we follow God's direction? I mentioned my daily devotionals a couple of minutes ago, and I discovered a method of prayer that, that works for me, and I'm not saying it works for you, but it's got all the right pieces. The devotional I was reading was written by Bayless Conley, and it was found in the Bible app, and it blessed me tremendously. He tells us that to break down the word pray, break down each letter. That the P, and boy, I wish I had a PowerPoint, wish I wasn't from Boomville, knew all that, but I do, I just didn't know what to do here. But uh, the P is for praise. The R is for repentance. The A is to ask and the wise to yield. Praying puts us in the presence of God. Praying helps us develop a relationship with God. Most of us, and I'm guilty of that as well, exist somewhere between mediocre and non-existent until it becomes important to you that day, that moment. So I tried to, to figure out how I needed to start praying because I needed him a whole lot more than he needed me. And there were so many things that I needed to take to him to understand. Praying helps us be joyful to serve him. Serving God's not a chore. Consistent, constant prayer is about the only way I can get through Talking to God is an opportunity to speak directly from your heart to him. Jesus inspired us to pray. And as we go through, you'll find he commanded us to pray. Develop that relationship. If you'll turn with me to Psalms 100, 1, that 1 through 5. You can tell how high speed I am. i got post-it notes all over my Bible. Psalms 100, verse 1 through 5, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord is God. Know ye the, that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, 
and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You know, everybody always attributes that verse to singing. I can't sing. And Sam told me I had to because he said Billy Wayne wasn't coming, so I'm just glad Billy Wayne showed up. Amen? Come into his house with thanksgiving. Come into his gates with thanksgiving. Pray with thanksgiving. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise your hand, but there have been times that I forgot to say thank you right up front. I probably got around to it after I got all my fussing and cussing and throwing around done, but enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Start with thank you. The Lord's good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures forever. Break that down just a minute. We go to God. We talk to him. We know his truth endures We know that his mercy is everlasting and he loves us more than we love him sometimes. Go to God with thanks. Open every prayer with praise. Give him thanks for his steadfast love, his forgiveness. I need a lot of that. Mercy and grace. Thank him for Jesus who gave the ultimate sacrifice for you and me died on the cross so that we could spend eternal life with him. Thank him. Praise him from your heart and most importantly from your soul. R. R is repent. If you'll read with me, Psalms 19, verse 12 and 13. Let me get my speed post-it notes out of the way so I can see. Psalms 19, verse 12 to 13. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. As we pray, I think that repenting in your prayer is an opportunity if you're to look at any barriers that stand between you and God. Anything that you don't even think is a barrier. How many times have we done something only for somebody to come up and tell us, "Uh, you probably ought to rethink that. Or some fault where we put our selfish ambitions, we put ourselves in front of what we're trying to accomplish. What about technology? Work, recreation, hard one for me, lack of faith, pride, broken trust, money, earthly goals. Those are all barriers between you and God, between me and God. And we like to think we're just doing all we can by spending all of our time at work and all of our time trying to raise money and raise our family and do all that thing. We tend to put God behind all that. I'm guilty. But I got some buddies too. I'm guilty of that. 
We allow so many things to get between God and us. Often we don't even see our faults as faults until somebody points them out. And I would tell you that I'm guilty by association. Probably got a lot of friends there too. David asked God to keep back thy servant from our presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. We may not even recognize that we have sinned or that what we're doing or the actions we're taking or the things that we're involved in are sinful. David asked him to keep us from presumptuous sin. We've been blinded by our own faults and our own actions and this earth for so long that we don't recognize it as sin. Damage is done. So when I pray, I pray repentance because I can't, sometimes I can't see it. How do we deal with those sins? Well, the bottom line is you've got to ask God to spotlight them. I think Brother Alan Dotson brought that up the other day in, in his sermon. Spotlight these sins. Tear down the barriers that stand between our life and separate us from God. Again, work, play, recreation, pride, and a great big one called our past. Go to God and ask him to forgive anything that may separate you from him. I certainly have to. He's promised to forgive us. And we read earlier, the Lord's good. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endureth for all generations. His word's true. A, ask. Satan put a fire fly up here. I'm going to get it. God, ask. God, help me get rid of that fly. He's been in my mouth twice. Uh, ask, if you'll go with me to 1 John 3, 21 and 22. 1 John 3, 21 and 22. 1 John 3, 21 and 22 says, Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask we receive of him because he keeps his commandments because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. When our heart's clean, we can have full confidence that God will hear and answer our prayers. Pretty important that we put that repentance piece in there, huh? Make sure we ask things that glorify him. Brother Darren Wynn spoke last week and he went... Took some of my verses, bless his heart. If you'll go with me to Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Matthew 7, 7 through 11. And it, it, it never really hit me how poignant this verse is, or these verses are, until I started really digging into them. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 tells us, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. For what man is there of you, whom if his son asked for bread, you'd give him a stone? 
Or if he asks for a fish, will give him will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Ask. A lot of Christians will tell you that sometimes we ought not burden God with some of these things that we ask for. And I already told you, I'm the kind of guy that throws it all out on the water. Let's see what, I pray for things I ain't even done yet because I'm probably going to do them anyway. But ask. When our heart's clean, we have full confidence. Ask God to guide your steps. Have faith, he will, and only if we ask. Ask God to help you understand his word, his commandments. Understand his scripture and how it applies to all of us. I talked a minute ago about asking for discernment. I grew up in Boonville, Kentucky, so discernment's got multiple syllables, and I need to define that. And if you look it up, and I, and I was so blessed by this definition that it was pretty amazing to me that Google had this much sense. The ability to judge well followed by perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding. That's pretty profound from Google. You've got to admit. The ability to judge well and the perception in the absence of judgment to gain spiritual guidance and understanding. Ask God for love of our enemies. How many can do that? Ask God to love our enemies, to love our enemies. I even went as far as to define enemy because I know what I define enemy as, but I wanted to see what the real definition was. An enemy is a person who's opposed to or actively hostile towards someone or something. A thing that harms or weakens something else. Antagonistic to one another. Seeking to injure, overthrow, or confound an opponent. Sounds like a political speech. Something harmful or deadly. Physical force. Thought a lot about this one, about my enemies, and how sometimes we have enemies we don't even know yet. How many of us have been the recipient of gossip, lies, rumors, deceit? All of us. All of us. Did we pray for that person? I'm going to tell you, it's awfully hard for me. But through my prayers, my praise, my repentance, and my ask, I'm getting better. Not there yet. Probably none of us are. Because I have a hard time praying for those that seek to destroy me. I have tough times praying for those who I just wish had done physical harm to me so I could defend myself. 
Pray for our enemies. Ask God for his truth and his light on our walk in front of them and to have faith. Ask God for compassion on us and others. And most importantly, that we show compassion to others. Ask God for his forgiveness. Seek repentance. Ask for his courage and strength to face the challenges that we're facing today. And the ones that are surely going to come. Just a matter of time. Ask God to bolster our faith. Believe he'll bolster your faith. He told us he'd be with us and he would never forsake us. We just have to believe. Now I come from one of the most godly women that I knew in my life. Joe even has met my mother. My mother passed away in 2012. And my mother was the most godly woman I had known in my life. She could worry better than anybody I ever met in my entire life. She'd worry over me. She'd worry over my brother and my two sisters. She'd worry over what the cats were doing. She'd worry about the dogs. She'd worry about the garden. She'd worry about everything there was to worry about. And I never understood that. I even told her, Mom, you're the most faithful Godly woman I know, and you can't get out the front door without worrying about something. Well, I inherited some of that. Being an old army guy, you know, you plan, you think, you try to think like the enemy, you try to do all the things the enemy's going to think about all the things he's going to do, and lo and behold, he's the only one that ain't got the plan. But you worry. We call it contingency planning. We're going to plan for this, or we'll plan for that, and we'll plan for this. Well, that's called worrying. It worked out several times that we had contingencies, but I don't know that worries ever worked out for me at all. Worry about things that don't even matter. What's the old saying? Most of the things you worry about never come true to start with. <laughs> I ain't learned that yet, but I've still got some ground to cover. Faith. Someone told me the other day that worry is a lack of faith. And it kind of staggered me just a little bit. You know, even in my own prayers, and I noticed this not just in the recent light of what's happened, but in the past, God be with me. God stand with me. God walk through the fire with me. God do He's always there. I just don't choose to recognize that he is. Worry is a lack of faith. I'm working on it. Work with me. God wants to fill us with joy and peace. Not superficial joy. Not this little hiccup. Not this promotion at work. Not the bank account's a little bigger. The well's a little deeper. The garden produces a little better. But real joy and real peace. And you only get that by praying and talking with him daily to find that. Jesus set three conditions for our prayers. John chapter 14 through 16 gives us a whole list of things that we need to work on and do and, and pray about. But Jesus set three specific conditions. 
If you look at John 14, 13. John 14, 13. He specifically says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do. That my Father may be glorified in the Son. Whatsoever we ask in his name, that I will do. And the Father may, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Our requests and our prayers need to glorify God. They must. Do they? Do they always glorify God? Or do they glorify us? That's a question I'm wrestling with. And a question that I have to stop in every prayer and ask, am I asking for him to take care of me? Or am I glorifying him? Do our prayers reflect that selfish me that every one of us have? Are we doing what we're supposed to do to glorify him in our prayers? What am I really praying for? Some days I don't know. Sometimes I just pray to hear my head rattle, I think. But by following the scripture and praying from my heart, he guides me in the right direction. You know, we just already talked about he knows the need before we take it to him. Second condition, John 15, verse 7. John 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and this is Christ talking, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Abide in me, Abide my words in you. Ask what you will, and it'll be done. He already knows what we're going to pray. He already knows what we need, not what we want, but what we need. Go to him and discuss that with him. Our ask has to be consistent and in harmony with his word. We already talked about what we're asking for. Are we praying for the ability to help others? Are we praying praying for personal growth and personal gain? Are we praying for the ability to provide for others? As a church, do we abide in him always? That we as Christians live for him in all we do. Are we a church, a body of members that are rooted in his saving grace and his will? Always. Are we praying for leadership that guides, teaches, mentors, prays for and with us on our journey as we walk?
The third condition. John 16, verse 23 and 24. John 16, verse 23 and 24. And Jesus said, In that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever ye ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These are in Christ's last days. He talked to the disciples about how to pray. He's working with them to make sure that they know that they can ask anything. They didn't ask him specifically in my reading, and I may be wrong. But they asked God for blessings and God for things to be, prayers to be answered. And in this verse, these two verses, he's telling us to ask in his name, and he will give it to you. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Jesus set the condition that our prayers and our requests bring us true joy. Not superficial joy, true joy. He commands us to ask. Whatever we ask the Father in his name, he will give you. Three conditions when you pray. It's got to glorify God. It is consistent and abides in his word. And it brings us true joy in Christ. Why? Yield. Yield. Most people in Kentucky don't know what that sign means. It's get over. Yield. How do we yield to God when we pray? Psalms 37.4. You go with me to Psalms 37.4. Delight in thyself, also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. We need to seek a yielding posture when we're talking to God. Some on their face, some on their knees, when you're fat and old and can't get up, one knee. But we need to seek that yielding posture when we talk to God. First thing in the day. The last thing before we go to sleep. Because God is our strength and our courage. You keep hearing me say that a lot. Let me assure you that by his strength and courage I stand here and do everything that I do to glorify him. Left to me, I'll fail. God is our strength and courage and our ultimate power. We have to have faith and trust his plan and his will in our life. Psalms 46.10 tells us to be still and know that I am God. Sometimes I can't shut up. Sometimes I don't listen. Most times I just keep rattling. 
hoping that by some divine intervention or a lightning bolt, he'll get my attention and I'll shut up and listen. And oftentimes I find that I listened, but I didn't hear. Be still and know that I am God. He knows the beginning and the end. He's promised he'll never forsake us. He'll never leave us. He'll always care for us and he'll always love us. And he'll bless us. But we've got to get out of his way and let him do his will. Trust me, I'm talking to me. Get out of his way and let him do his will. Be quiet. Be still. For about 30 years, I used the excuse, well, when I'm on my bass boat and, and I'm in the tree stand, I don't have to worry because me and God were tight. But what a church. Let me tell you something. You have no idea how big a blessing you've been to me. No idea. Thank you. When we get quiet and we listen, we worship the Lord, we join together, might be surprised what we hear. Just might be surprised. So how do we pray? Praise his name. Repent of our sins. Ask him for anything we see, we see fit as long as it glorifies God, is consistent with his word and provides joy. Jesus set those, not me. Yield to God as the ultimate power. Pray that he speaks to your heart. Shut up and listen with all your heart. Pray constantly and consistently. By doing that, my whole life's changed. Your prayers can and have changed your life. Many of the blessings God wants to bestow on us, we can never realize them without fervent prayer. Pray constantly, pray fervently, pray faithfully. Know that God will answer your prayers. Final thought. If you don't know God, talk to him. It's not hard. We can pray the sinner's prayer. We can just reach out and ask him to forgive us. Ask for his mercy. Ask for his grace. Pray that he'll save and redeem us. Yield to his will in your life. Psalm 77, 1. Tells me, if I could find it. One of the most unique verses I've ever encountered in the Bible. Psalm 77, 1. I want us all there at the same time.
I cried under God with my voice. Even unto God with my voice. And he gave ear unto me. Back in prayer with me, please. Heavenly Fathers, I stand here before you. I pray, God, that you know how thankful I am for you. I pray, God, that you know that I know you're the highest power, the ultimate power. I pray, God, that my prayers and our prayers glorify you. I pray, God, that we abide in your word. That it serves as our cornerstone. I pray, God, that you fill us with joy through our prayers and help us. I pray, God, that we yield to your will regardless of the outcome. Hear our prayer, Lord, and lend your ear unto it. Hear us as we bring all those that need healing, need peace, need love, need hope. Be with each of them. God, we give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.